plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you so much for staying tuned here on every Wednesday, coming to you live on the Voice America Network and brought to you the airways under the species of Be the Star You Are charity. I really do appreciate uh, your involvement. Um, it's fun to communicate. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am always hoping to catapult you from wishing upon a star to actually helping your dreams come true because you are the writer, the director, the producer, and the star of your own life. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. You can visit the charity at bethestarur.org. We have only a couple days left in our shoe drive, so check out the website if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area and you have shoes you wanna donate. And on top of that, uh, we have the Pear Festival coming up on September 30th. So you'll want to participate in that. So check out events. The miracle moment, the quote is from Herman Hess. You know quite well, deep within you, that there is only a single magic, a single power, a single salvation, and that is called loving. And that will introduce the show today as we talk about um, keeping our family of pets safe in these high temperatures and things that we can do. We're also in segment two. You know, Barbie is a billion dollar movie at the moment, but I'm taking it a bit further and I'm doing Barbie Blooms going into the garden. I mean, what if she was a landscape architect, what would she plant in her pink paradise? I'm going to channel Barbie and reflect on some of the favorite specimens that I am pretty sure that Barbie would enjoy. And have you ever been ghosted? Do you ever feel invisible? How can you take control when you're feeling ignored? In segment three, we're going to learn to manage ostracism and figure out how to cope. Well, as we got, launch into our first segment to talk about the weather and how difficult it is for humans to stay cool during these really hot days, it's so it's fascinating that I had planned to do this show today and and actually sorrowful for me because it's been over a hundred degrees where I am the past few days. And I have a big barnyard filled with animals, as most people know because I have uh, two books, No Barnyard Bullies, and my newest book, Family Forever, that are based on true stories from the barnyard. But very sadly, uh, yesterday, I had one of my goats die. And um, she he was older, but uh, maybe the heat contributed to it, although there was plenty of water and plenty of shade. 
but at the same time, I think that especially just as in humans, you know, when you're older, it just gets a little bit more difficult. So today has been a sad day for me, um, having to put this very beloved goat to, you know, to rest, to go to the happy land, wherever goats and my barnyard animals go, I'm sure that one day we'll all be united. But with that, I want to talk about how to help your pets stay cool and escape the heat that not only we're going to experience this month, but at least here in California and probably Arizona and New Mexico um, and Texas and maybe Oklahoma and the South, probably through October or maybe even into November. Because our four-legged friends, as well as our feathered friends, ducks and chickens and, you know, um, all kinds of other animals, they suffer from the effects of high temperatures as well. So the Humane Society of the United States wants to remind pet owners to never, ever, ever leave pets in a parked car. And I think that should go without saying. I mean, not even for a minute, because... Even if you have the car running and you have the air conditioning on, on a warm day, temperatures inside a vehicle can rise rapidly to dangerous levels. Uh, for example, on an, a, a day that it's 85 degrees out, the temperature inside a car with the windows open slightly can reach 102 degrees in just 10 minutes. Now, after 30 minutes, the temperature will reach 120 degrees. And although your pet might survive, the pet may suffer irreversible organ damage or even die. And you have to be very, very careful. I know a few years ago, I was adopting some chickens and it was in the summer and it was later in the afternoon and it was hot, but I had air conditioning on in the car and had them in a cage. But um, in the about hour long drive it took to go from the person's home to my home, um, these chickens really were suffering. And even though they had water and it was air conditioned, just because just of the sun coming in through the windows, they were just so hot. And it took a while for me to, to get them um, acclimated. So we have to be very careful. So it's not just high summer temperatures, that can cause, um, of, you know, adversely um, effects on your pet. Their high humidity also can make them unable to cool themselves. Animals pant to evaporate moisture from their lungs, and then they sweat through their feet. So too much humidity won't allow them to cool down, which in turn, that raises their temperatures. And a dog's temperature should never climb above 104 degrees, very much like a human. And I know that I also have pigs in the barnyard and pigs don't sweat. So this is why, you know, pigs you always have this. People say, oh, you know, they're, they're in the mud or, you know, or they're rolling in the mud. Well, that's how they cool down. So, for example, right now before the radio show, I had to go up to the barnyard and uh, make the more mud puddles so that the pigs can cool down. And interestingly, what the chickens do is uh, because it's so hot, they actually go into these mud puddles. I think that they 
they're just trying to cool their feet, but they're also like digging, you know, and seeing if there's any bugs or anything. But I think it cools them off as well. Now, the Humane Society also cautions pet owners about over-exercising their pets, especially in the heat of the day. So you want to exercise your pet either early in the morning or later in the evening hours when it has cooled down. Um, and that's because, you know, it's good for the, the animals as well as the owners to go outside. But you also, if you're going to take them on a walk or a run or to the park, bring some extra water along to keep from dehydration. And I would recommend bring extra water for you and your dogs or other animals that you might be taking. And be especially mindful of pets with white colored ears. Um, they are more susceptible to skin cancer and short-nosed pets tend to have difficulty breathing in the heat. So, you know, again, when that sun is out, um, maybe you wanna put some sunscreen on your, uh, on your pet but we have to be pretty careful because they could get skin cancer. And again, older dogs, just like humans, might not be able to handle the high temperatures. And I can't help but wonder um, if this older goat just was having a more difficult time with the heat as well. Now, if a pet has to be outside, try to keep it in the shade or under tarps um, to take advantage of airflow. So, you know, if you have a backyard and you have trees, that's always good because the, the dogs, dogs and cats will go there. I mean, I have those animals as well, and they tend to, to seek out the cooler area. So because lack of airflow uh, air can also make a doghouse a dangerous place during a heat wave. And that goes like for my barn, for example. So um, today, although I'm, I have a covered barnyard and I like to, there's the barn, there's barn doors that open into the covered barnyard, but I really wanted to give them a lot of airflow. So today I had to open the bigger barn doors and um, just make a netting so that the the fowl wouldn't, um, wouldn't go out. But airflow is important because it gets really very hot in a barn or a dog house or a cat house or any kind of uh, place where you might keep your animals. Uh, uh, also, the pet owners are reminded to protect your pet's paws from hot surfaces. If you are taking your pets for a walk, walk them in the grass or in the shade whenever possible because the pavement, pavement really could be too hot. And here's a good rule of thumb. If it's too hot for your bare hands or your feet, it's too hot for your pet's paws. And additionally, if you need to take them outside, you know, so that they can do their business, you might want to try wetting the surface with a hose or a water bottle because you have to make it cooler for them. Um, also, you when I was talking about sunscreen, you want to make sure that you use a pet safe sunscreen on any unprotected areas like the tips of the ears, the skin around the lips and the tip of the nose. And how do you know if it's a pet safe sunscreen? If it's a sunscreen that is safe for babies, 
it's going to be also safe for your pets. So you don't want to use the sunscreen that you use on your body. You'd want to use a, something that is going to be safe for babies. Now, just we're going to talk about heat strokes because heat stroke in animals can be just as dangerous as it is for humans. The signs are panting, vomiting, excessive drooling, warm and dry skin, a rapid heartbeat. If they start getting anxious expressions or start staring or start getting uncoordinated movements or they collapse, this requires urgent attention by a veterinarian. And if you suspect that your pet may be experiencing a heat stroke, call your regular vet immediately. And in the meantime, what you can do to help lower the pet's body temperature is to apply towels soaked in cool water to the hairless areas of the pet body. That would be like the tips and backs of the ears, the foot pads, the belly, and the inner thighs. You don't want to use ice or extremely cold water because that could even worsen the problem. And another tip is to use a fan to help cool the animal. And even if the pet seems to cool down, it's still imperative to visit a veterinarian immediately as temperatures often spike again or cool before below like a safe normal temperature. So um, if your pet is you think is experiencing a heat stroke or some heat related illness, just get in touch with your uh, with your pet. Um, also, you know, there is a penal code about endangering our animals in conditions, and that would include lack of ventilation, heat, cold, lack of food or water, or other circumstances that could reasonably be expected to cause suffering, disability, or death to the animal. So again, you know, you, we want to be really good to our pets. And there's also a Good Samaritan law, and I don't know if this is just in California or if it is a nationwide a Good Samaritan law, but it's AB 797. It's known as the Right to Rescue Act, and that allows a person to break into a vehicle if that vehicle is locked or there is otherwise no reasonable manner for the animal to be removed from the vehicle and the animal is in an imminent danger of suffering harm if it is not immediately removed from the vehicle, the rescuer can contact local law enforcement agency prior to forcibly entering the vehicle, and then the rescuer needs to stay at the scene until local law enforcement responds to the situation. But this is really, we are really experiencing very, very hot weather. Um, all, you know, many parts of the country. So just be diligent, be careful, and just make sure that your pet has what your pet needs to be safe. Um, and that includes just plenty of fresh, cool water. Don't walk your pet in the heat of the day. Uh, walk your pet in the early morning or late evening and provide shade and of course um, the necessary food. And if there's any issues with your pet getting overheated, make sure to call your uh, veterinarian immediately. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. 
Barbie will be back with Barbie Blooms in our next segment as we go into the garden with a passion for pink. Stay with me. I'll be back in a bit. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. And we are back. Well, Joni Mitchell had said, my parents told me I'd point to a bed of flowers and say, pink, pretty, before I could say any other words. Well, pink and all the shades and hues associated with color has always been a favorite of mine, not only in my wardrobe, but in my home and in my garden designs. Who else has a passion for pink? Ha, I think it's Barbie. And as a young girl, I had only one beloved Barbie. I actually sold her to my youngest sister for five cents when I thought I was way too grown up to play dolls. Yet, like many females since the first Barbie debuted in 1959, I have always been fascinated by this glamorous, independent, and highly talented career woman. Several years ago, I was flown to a studio in Los Angeles to play the role of Barbie in a short film project and how fun it was to morph into the various iterations of this iconic figure. But one of the memorable professions that I was able to create for that shoot was Barbie landscape architect. (laughs) Channeling the public summer obsession with everything Barbie, I just decided that to focus on flowers uh, that I want to talk to you about 
that I am certain that Barbie would feature in her pink paradise. So I call this Barbie Blooms. Now for indoor decor, there is no doubt that Barbie would surround herself with orchids, mostly in shades of pink and mauve. Orchids evoke the exotic while adding a touch of sophistication to a home. Barbie would also have an affinity for roses, and her garden would be filled with re-blooming, highly fragrant, disease-resistant roses. Roses are regal, and they're available in numerous colors, but of course, she would plant a variety of blush and deep pink specimens, probably favoring old roses. Then the romantic charm of peonies with their ruffled showy flowers on small shrubs with shiny green foliage would be part of Barbie's landscape. Peonies are beloved for their variety of shapes and their gorgeous rich colors ranging from the palest pink to the deepest cerise. Now Barbie and her friends could enjoy the flowers indoors in long lasting cut arrangements. Because hydrangeas boast huge heads of dramatic blossoms that can also be dried, I think Barbie would find hydrangeas especially appealing. And in acidic soil, pink blooms change to blue, reflecting Barbie's other preferred color. Hydrangeas are hardy and disease resistant, and most can be grown in full sun or shade. Now, since Barbie enjoys traveling, we know that she really enjoys traveling and she enjoys summer fun. The vibrant and tropical flowers of hibiscus would also be on her list of must-have plants. Many varieties have huge dinner plate sized flowers that are attracted to hummingbirds and butterflies. And we know that Barbie really cares about the planet. I mean, why else would she have, have had over 200 careers? So bringing birds and bees and other beneficial insects to her garden would be imperative. Now, Barbie is ecologically friendly, plus having pollinators in the garden increases the health and integrity of the landscape, making it more enchanting. Now, the simplicity and classicism of geraniums and pelargoniums would really interest Barbie. She could easily propagate them by snipping off a stem, allowing the stem to harden off, and then planting it elsewhere to grow additional geraniums. In beds and borders, geraniums shine and continue blooming from spring to early winter. They also make really beautiful window boxes, which would be, be a very fun project for Barbie to create. Now, my favorite pink summer blooms are the naked ladies. Amaryllis belladonas. And I know that uh, Barbie would find these stunners to be as unique and fascinating as she is. Naked ladies have trumpet-shaped flowers and they shoot skyward on 20 to 24 inch bare stalks erupting from the ground in the heat, uh, well, and really the height of the heat, right? When no one is watching. They're also called magic lilies or resurrection lilies. Uh, because they are so graceful and they're classy, yet they don't belong to the genus Lilium. Even though they're called kind of a lily, they're not a Lilium. Their long legs with their fascinating faces are reminiscent of Barbie's stature. Now, Barbie would actually love lilies of all kinds that are in the Lilium family, 
and she would want to plant as many bulbs as possible. Lilies are captivating with their large, fragrant blooms and diverse array of colors, shapes, and sizes. They are very easy maintenance, and they enjoy cultural significance, which link them to gods and goddesses. And, of course, Barbie would be a goddess gardener, just as I am, and have multiple dazzling bouquets cut from her garden to complement her elegant events. Sword lilies, also known as gladiolus, are available in an array of pigments, except true blue, and the pink varieties are especially fascinating. Propagated by corms, gladiolus is an economical way to bring a riot of color to the August landscape. And as delicate border choices or planted in masses in shady areas, I would advise Barbie to plant rows of pink begonias. Begonias are also marvelous in hanging baskets with their intricate foliage adding drama to any patio or porch. Um, begonias are not divas and they require minimal deadheading or maintenance yet provide a blast of beauty. Whether they're tuberous or wax, double or single, large or tiny blooms, Begonias are vibrant and spectacular, just like Barbie. And when it comes to a favorite tree with fluffy pink puffs, I imagine that Barbie's preferred summer sensation would be the Persian silk tree with its fabulous fern-like leaves. It is a messy tree, though. I have to warn you about that. Dropping its seed pods in the fall so you would want to plant it in an area where tidiness is not required. Growing on my hillside where it gets very little water, it has not been invasive. And my Persian silk tree with its pretty pom-pom blooms reminds me of exotic lands far, far away. So having been an airline pilot and an astronaut, Barbie loves to travel the world and beyond. And as a suitable souvenir-rooted memento, that a Persian silk tree just checks all the boxes for her adventures abroad. Now, when I'm thinking about what Barbie would not want in her oasis, hmm, although very colorful, very pretty, and very long-blooming, Barbie most likely would shy away from the hardy ornamental called oleander because of its toxicity. Barbie babysits often, and she wouldn't want children sampling this shrub. She also loves animals, and it is poisonous to animals as well. Now, oleander is traditionally used as a hedge or a border. You see it a lot around freeways, but it is one of the most poisonous plants out there. The entire plant can be deadly to humans and animals. And the milky sap can cause skin irritations. It is very dangerous in fire prone areas because burning oleander can cause smoke intoxication. When working with oleander, you wanna wear protective clothing. It is essential. And the one thing to really remember about oleander is never put it in the burn pile and never put it in your compost pile. Like me, Barbie would be preparing now for fall 
by listing the bulbs she would want to buy for her spring garden. And with their bright hues and graceful shapes, I think that tulips would top her list. And naturally, she'd have a plethora of shades of pink and all different kinds of textures and forms like the parrot tulips. So it's been really fun for me to embrace my inner Barbie as I walk around my garden enjoying my personal passion for pink. Of course, I also adore blue and purple and all the colors of the rainbow. And as Claude Monet scribbled one time, I feel the landscape, I can be bold, and I can include every tone of blue and pink because it's enchanting and it's delicious. Well, Barbie the movie is a billion-dollar box office smash, and my Barbie would make a laudable landscape architect. Her gardens would be as unique and unconventional as she is, showcasing her diverse interests, her imagination, and her creativity. Yes, it would be delicious, enchanting, and very pink. <laughs> so happy gardening, happy growing, and happy Barbie summer. And I hope that you get to see the movie and that you enjoy it. I know my I have the Barbie song just stuck in my head. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. You can comb my hair. You can take me anywhere. Uh, I have a little grandchild who is just singing it nonstop and dancing to it and doing all kinds of routines. And now it's in my head as well. So again, have a happy Barbie summer. And don't forget to check out Growing with a Goddess Gardener at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books. And while you're there, you can also see Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul, another gardening book. But my Growing with the Goddess Gardener will give you month-by-month -month tips as well as month-by-month -month true stories. And the two new books in Stella Bella's Barnyard Adventures, which are children's picture books. Uh, they have One of them is No Barnyard Bullies and Family Forever. And you can get to see the different animals in my barnyard. So visit CynthiaBryan.com um, and go to books. And if you just want to buy any of the books, just click on the Star Style store. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. We're going to take a quick break for a business bite. And when we come back, we're going to find out how we can feel less invisible and, you know, take our busyness and make it real and more balanced. Stay with me. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. This is the Business Bite for things that bosses need to know. If you are a boss and you have unhappy, underachieving employees, the problem is probably you. So here are a few ideas to help you become a great boss. First of all, be a role model. Set the pace for your company. Talk regularly about job performance with your employees. 
Make your workers the most important people because they are. Let your employees know that their opinions are valued. Don't micromanage. Let them use their skills and talents. Praise often and criticize only when necessary. And maybe don't use the word criticize. Maybe just give some feedback and ask them if they are willing to listen. Hire talented people. Great bosses surround themselves with smart, savvy employees. Your workforce is a reflection of who you are. So choose and manage wisely. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan. That's Brian with an I dot com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Do you ever find yourself feeling like you're being ignored? Do you want to know how to start coping with those feelings? You know, if you're a human, which I imagine most people are, I mean, there's probably some robots listening too, but most likely you are human. You're communicating every day with somebody else. And sometimes you find yourself uh, following up, circling back, uh, trying to get answers for whatever it is to your the dentist, to an old friend you might have direct messages to somebody and you know you just feel like you're hearing crickets but at a certain point after nobody is responding to whatever it is you start feeling invisible and that can take a toll on your mental health but before you feel invisible just remember when we're dealing with the internet and emails uh, sometimes things get lost in cyberspace so we have to learn not to take things too personally However, with that being said, um, uh, Dr. Kipling Williams, he's a PhD, a professor of psychological sciences at Purdue University, found that being ignored does hurt because it triggers the same part of the brain that registers physical pain. So technically, when you're being ignored, you're feeling like you're ostracized. And 
you know, you might think of that as, you know, being out an outcast or something. But what feeling ostracized basically means is that you're feeling like you're being excluded from group dynamics and you feel like you are being ignored. And the person or people ignoring you might not even know that they're doing it. I mean, they may not even have gotten your DM, your email, your text. They, you know, we don't know. They might have been on vacation. They might not have had time to respond. They might be sick. They might be in the hospital. Who knows what's going on? But regardless of what's happening on that side, um, from your perspective, you are feeling ignored and excluded. And it does have effects on you, whether it was intended to have effects or not. That sensation of being invisible, it feels terrible because it, it really starts to threaten some basic human psychological needs. And it works quickly. In experiments, this Dr. Williams and his team watched what happened when some people were left out of a virtual ball tossing game with strangers. Now that's pretty low stakes, right? But what they saw is those persons who were ignored reported elevated feelings of sadness and anger after just a few minutes. So research has found that most people experience these feelings at least once a day. Um, a journalist who has to cold email you know, different contacts, um, or a professor who is lecturing to teenagers, or a morning person who texts his friends way too early, they're going to have a higher rate of feeling ignored. And that helps explain why we need to talk about this more. Because um, we're not wasting our time, we have to discover that one key to managing ostracism and moving on it is from understanding the nuances of the feeling itself. For example, when we're talking about those early texts, I have um, a couple friends who are super early morning people, like 4 a.m. people. And I am not a morning person because I tend to be working until very late at night, sometimes into the early morning. So if I'm getting a text at four or five or six in the morning, um, I'm, I'm asleep. I'm not answering that text. And I actually am not a person that checks my uh, email or my phones all the time. So I might not even check until I get into my office. And by that time, I might have had so many emails and so many texts that I might have actually lost whatever it was that you sent me at those early hours. So I wasn't ignoring you. It was just your timing was really off. So why does silent hurt, silence hurt us so much? Being ignored really shakes us because it threatens our basic needs to feel like we belong, to feel like we have control or we have self-esteem. So no matter the circumstances or the severity of the situation, this is just a primitive response in all humans. And even if the person that we're getting the silence from had no real obligation to respond to us in the first place, our sensitivity to silent rejection is likely more a product of evolution than feeling entitled. And I find that very, very interesting. There's probably some kind of hardwired mechanism 
in our brains to detect it quickly. Um, and then we just start feeling like we're being ignored. So usually the first thing you do when you perceive that you're being left out is you try to regain the needs that have been threatened. You might reach out and say, hey, can you send me a text? I want to make sure that my phone is working or do something else to get attention, to be included, or to be acknowledged. And if you keep trying and you still get nothing, and if you don't have any good strategies for coping, then you're going to end up feeling like resignation. And that doesn't feel good either. And you might become especially sensitive and you might go on high alert, you know, for anything. But there are some ways you can cope. And here's what we can do at work. So let's first of all change expectations. We have to have some empathy and some compassion. Think about what might be going on with someone else that could explain why you're not getting a response. So maybe they're under an urgent deadline and they just can't answer you. Or as I said previously, maybe they're sick or there's an illness in the family or maybe their computer died. I have had all those things happen to me. So we have to give a little bit of slack and consider that the lack of an answer might have absolutely nothing to do with you. I actually put, um, when I have volunteers that are looking to volunteer with Be The Star You Are charity, and they ask for a questionnaire to fill out and they want more information, I always put at the bottom of my email, if you, if you submit your questionnaire or a question to me and you do not hear back, within 24 hours, please resend because it means I didn't get it because I'm very, very good at responding. So I try to let people know that if you don't hear from me, try again. And I've had that experience with editors, with producers, with many, many different people in my in my work field, whether it's going to be working on a movie or um, you know, submitting an article for a magazine where I don't hear back. And then, uh, so I always do circle back and just double check. Now, sometimes you don't want to ever be a pain in the butt. So if you circle back three times and you're still not getting anything, make sure that you have the right phone number or the right email, or just realize that they're probably not interested. So you have to understand um, what's happening. Life is very fast these days. And it doesn't mean that somebody is mad at you, but if it, if it is a work situation where you're pitching somebody something and they don't get back to you, most likely that would mean that they're, they're not interested or that maybe they feel like they're being um, spammed. Now, when you're not in person, normalize not receiving an answer at all, especially if you have a job with a high rate of unresponsiveness. Like if you are like me, if you're a journalist, if you are a publicist, if you're a salesperson, um, a lot of those people, if you're a canvasser, you know, you're not going to get a lot of response. So recognize that answers are a numbers game and the rate of responses is going to be low. In other words, shift your goal from getting every shot to just aiming for a decent average. And that's going to help you quite a bit. And don't use the silence as evidence of failure. Use it as a launch pad for new experiences in reaching out. And that has to do with the work. In your personal life, uh, when you're looking for a response like from a family member, or a really good friend or a loved one, 
you can't really get away with having low expectations for responsiveness. So that's when feeling ignored really hurts probably the most and it puts you in a tailspin and you wonder if you said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing or you annoyed somebody. But if you just simply think of all the reasons why they're not getting back to you, um, you just, you need to offer yourself the opportunity to recover from it and quit ruminating. Uh, find a distraction, okay? Maybe it's going to take some time. Um, I'll give you an example, like with my son, who is a firefighter. You know, I don't know what his schedule is. Some, If he was out out on a fire or whatever one day he one time he was out for 52 days with actually no correspondence at all so we have to just give people slack and i know eventually i'm going to get a call back or i'm going to get a text but i'm not feeling i have decided you know i'm not going to feel ignored even when you're checking to make sure that they are just safe so uh Often, those who respond to uh, to surveys like right away, um, they say that they want to offer people the opportunity to be thinking good things. But you know what? Do you want to take a survey all the time? I know so. I've gotten so tired of surveys now. It seems like every time that I um, use a new company or buy something, I get a survey. And at first I thought, okay, I've got to do this right away. But you know, now I I just pretty much pass on those surveys because I it, it was just way too uh, time conserving. Now, in your social life, I know we want to take control and you have more control than you think uh, when you're being ignored. Um, so what you could do in your social life is use deadlines to change up the dynamic. So people have group chats where plans just absolutely never happen. It always starts with, you know, let's hang out together. And then no one ever ends up making the plan. So if you really want to have a, um, a hangout or get together with someone, Make a time, a date, and a place, and then make a deadline for response, just as if you were going to be having a party and you want people to respond to whether they're coming or not, and it's like RSVP by Tuesday at 4 p.m. So what happens with deadlines it is they inspire an urgency, and they allow you to get past it mentally if you still don't get a response. So if you don't get a response, you're free to assume that that person isn't interested or what you're offering doesn't fit their schedule. And you can literally divorce yourself from the, the pain of feeling ostracized and the hope of a response. And in that way, you get to move on. Now, Sometimes emojis send the wrong message. So we have to learn the shorthand. I am absolutely terrible with emojis because some of them I just don't understand. There's that emoji with the big tears coming out. And I don't know if that means that somebody is crying their eyes out or if they're laughing their eyes out. I don't know what, I don't know what that means. So. I don't like to use emojis that I don't know what they mean. 
you know, there's the prayer emoji. I don't know if it means I'm praying for you or my fingers are crossed or thank you. Um, so I, I'm careful about using that emoji. And then there's all the different smile emojis. Some of them, I, if I, I like to just use the plain smile emoji. I like to use the heart and I use a star. And then when I'm um, being in touch with anybody about my animals, I will use animal pictures. If I'm being in touch with them about any of my garden articles or anything with nature, I'll use something that are flowers or plants. Or if it's a friend and we're going to a restaurant, I might use something that has, you know, that has food in it. But the smiley ones, there are so many different ones and they can they could be grimacing, they could uh, be nerves, they could be embarrassing. And I don't know what those are. So and I would like to just suggest, if you don't know what, em what emojis, what they really mean, maybe don't send them because you might be getting the wrong, the wrong thing. So that is our show for today. I want to encourage you to think less, feel more, ask for what you want, give thanks often, always expect the best, appreciate everything, jamais dit jamais, that means never say never, and that means also we don't want to give up, right? Make life fun and smile as much as possible because your success is inevitable and it depends on your attitude. So thank you so much for joining me here on Star Style. Be the star you are and be here every week live on the Voice America Network. You can also catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts or radio where we are pretty much everywhere. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of my books, please visit the Star Style store at CynthiaBryan.com. If you'd like to get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, make a donation, volunteer for an event, donate your shoes, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. We also have a shorter uh, website, BTSYA.org. It's just the initials of Be The Star You Are. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, Inform, amuse, and motivate you. I want you to see beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate every moment of your life. And I hope you'll pick up a book this week. A book is like a garden in your pocket. And if you have little ones, Family Forever is going to be just a terrific book of about the adopted animals in Stella Bella's barnyard, how diverse and different and welcoming they are. Uh, for any type of family. So until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and I encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self and dream, create, and inspire. And we'll be together next week. Thank you so much for joining me.
It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.